let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we believe that you are the one who comes by as we're seated at the table around your word, fills up the cup of stimulation and revelation. Lord, we thank you for that today. Whatever you want to put in the cup, Lord, we want to drink it. We want to be a part, Lord, of, of what you have. We want you to have complete preeminence in our body. Lord, in the body of the church tonight, may you just do what you want to and walk down every aisle, Lord. Walk into every home. Walk into, in, into my heart tonight, Lord, and just speak the things that you would have to be spoken. I pray, Lord, that you'd move aside myself, Lord, as we've seen you do recently. Lord, and we've seen you do many times in the past with many different vessels, Lord. We thank you for that, and we ask you that you would do it again tonight. Move us aside and speak directly to your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you love him this evening? Amen. We'll read from Psalm 30, Psalm chapter 30, verses 4 and 5. And we'll be speaking tonight on the breach, breach part 25, joy comes in the morning. This is it. As far as I know, unless the Lord would, would change my plans, this is the, the final installment on this series. If you haven't listened to all of it and maybe you just want a refresher, you can go back. It's on the, on the YouTube page or just go and listen to the tape. It would be a good thing to do and, and just kind of put it all together because we've done it in so many different parts. But I've really enjoyed digging into this Amen. message and, and finding out what is there for us. I want to title this, though, tonight, Joy Comes in the Morning. It may sound like kind of an odd title, but you'll understand where I'm coming from, hopefully by the end. Psalms chapter 30 and verse 4, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth but a moment, and His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Aren't you glad joy is coming? Aren't you glad joy has come in the morning? Amen to you. Amen. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. The breach is about what happens just before the seals are opened between the church ages and the seals. During the time when the church ages are ending, the seals are opening, and there's so many uh, moving parts here and so many things that are taking place and that's uh, true of the hour that we live in. There's so many things uh, that are changing, so many things that are moving uh, so fast and it began, uh, many of them began back when Brother Branham was here and now we're seeing the fulfillment of that and Brother Branham doesn't have to come back uh, to see that fulfillment. We can see it all around us and we can see what was in seed form become Reality, not only in the world and the things that the world is doing and wars and rumors of war and all of those things, but also in the bride we can see a maturity and we can see the wheat begin to come into the head of, of what it's supposed to be. And, and that means that we're becoming what, what God wanted us to be. He's beginning to get out of us what he wanted from us in the beginning. Aren't you glad? Don't you want that? We want to serve the purpose of God in our life. And that's, this is the hour when we can do that. It's manifesting time. Now, uh, and, and so now we see at this time, mercy is changing to judgment for the Gentiles. Uh, and we know that mercy is then offered to the Jews during the, to the 144,000 elected Jews during the tribulation period. But at this time, mercy is changing over to judgment. But at the same time, Sorrow is turning into joy for the bride. As darkness descends on the Gentile church world and, and upon the ages and upon the denominational world, as they go out into utter darkness, we're living in the time when we don't go into utter darkness, but we actually come into the light. And it's during this time when we see that the light has come and, and we begin to wake up and we see the awakening of the bride during the same time that the world goes into darkness. Gross darkness, the Bible says, covers the people. But during this time, this is the opening of the seals. This is the opening of the word. This is the culmination of everything. This is all that he talked about. 
about. Oh my, you just realize the hour that you live in. You say, but Brother Ben, it's been 40 years, but this is it. We're still living in it. We're living in the manifestation of it. And so we see it was a great event that took place. This is the hour when joy comes to the bride. Yeah. Amen. This is the hour when joy comes to heaven. This is the hour when the silence is broken. This is the hour when everything turns around. Hey Amen. This is the hour when old bodies are turned into young bodies. Oh, and I could go on and on this morning or this evening, but just to give you a, an understanding to, to where we could grab a hold of it and realize this is what we've been waiting for. And so at the end of the breach, he talks about when the lamb takes that book and walks forward to make his redemption claims, something's taken place. And all of heaven begins to rejoice because something's happened. Amen. An irreversible thing. Oh, I hope you hear me tonight. It's not something you can undo. It's not something you can put back in the bottle, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad for that tonight? Now, mercy is changing to judgment, but sorrow is changing to joy for the bride. Now, we'll pick up in paragraph 278 of the breach. Brother Branham said, notice, here he comes. Leaves the throne as an intercessor, as a slain lamb, to become a lion king, to bring the whole world into judgment that's rejected. Our kinsman redeemer then is king over all. Why? He's got the title deed of redemption. It all lays within his hand. I'm glad I know him. Aren't you glad you know him tonight? Yeah. Amen. Knowing him can get you through the, uh, all of the valleys of life. He said, then claims his inheritance. I love this. That's the church, the bride. Yes. He claims it. We are his inheritance. He said, what does he do then? He disposes of his contestant, Satan. He throws him into a lake of fire with all those who was inspired by Satan to reject his word of redemption. He said, he's king now. He said, mercy is still on the throne. Right? Now watch. It's during this time he's changing over. He's king now, but mercy is still on the throne. He said, don't you reject his offer. Amen. Don't you reject his offer. See, the writers know just who you are. And you remember we talked about the, in the poem Brother Branham quoted where he said the writers of judgment know every brand. He said the writers, he said that was the messengers of the church ages. Their message identified who would go in a rapture. Identified who would be a part of the bride. Amen. It's to be the ones who believed and, and manifested their message in their hour. Now, he said now his contestant who has given trouble for 2,000 years. He said, well, the devil's giving me trouble tonight. Well, he gave God trouble for 2,000 years. Or gave Jesus Christ trouble for 2,000 years. He's given God trouble since he was created. Right? Iniquity was found in him. But yet, he's given, God tr he's given Christ trouble for 2,000 years. Claiming. Amen. See, it's not only God making his claims, but Satan makes his claims. It's an information war. You realize that's what you're in today? It's the same as, as, as the president of Russia and the president of the U.S. They come out in an information war and they'll tell you different things about the same situation. You realize God and the devil are doing the same thing today? It's an information war. The message come on one side to tell you who you are and here come the devil on the other side to tell you who you're not. Right, to tell you you can't make it, to tell you you're not good enough, to tell you uh, that, that you must be fallen, uh, to make you look at your mistakes, look at your past, look at what you are. But here's the word of God on the other side that said you're more than able yes, sir. to take the land. It's an information war. Right. Here comes the devil making his claims. Amen. He's making his claims and he's saying he's coming forth and he's, he's walking out to make a claim. He's walking out to do that. The Satan is. But aren't you glad the king is going to make his claim? Yeah. Hallelujah. His contestant claiming, I can do with them what I want to. I still have them. They're mine. They forfeited the title back there. But he's the kinsman redeemer. Amen. He said he is back here making intercessions now. But someday, he's, he's saying, now that's, that's the contestant says, I'll put them in the grave. Isn't that what he's telling you? He said, I'll put them in the grave. They said, well, he hadn't told me that. Well, if you're over about 21, he has. Because you're going downhill. He said, I'll put, I'll put you in the grave. But he told the church, I'll bring you out. He said, but first I've got to be an intercessor. Now, 
he says, uh, now he comes forth, steps out from eternity back yonder off of the throne of the Father where he sat as an intercessor. Now he comes to be king. Oh, to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Judgment is set. Oh, brother, our kinsman redeemer holds it all. He said, that's right. Yes, sir. What does he do? He calls that contestant's hand. In other words, makes him show his evidence. Amen. If they belong to you, prove it. If they belong to you, make them reject the message. If they belong to you, make them turn back. Oh, I hope you're hearing me tonight. He calls the contestant's hand, but they will not do it. This end-time bride will not fall. Are you with me now? He calls his contestant's hand. He calls his hand and he says, they're mine now. I've raised them up from the grave. And he takes all the liars and the perverters of the word and all like that with Satan and destroys them in the lake of fire. She's all over now, throws them in the lake of fire. He said, oh my. He said, you know what? I, I want to say something here before we close. And then we'll hurry. He said, we're down to the, sev- the seventh verse from the eighth verse to the 14th. I want you to notice what takes place. Now, at this point in this sermon, and I, I'm going to try to get through this quickly tonight. I know we've got a lot of things on, your, on our minds and looking forward to... Especially Brother Gabe back there looking forward to this weekend and, and uh, some of the rest of us dreading this weekend. And, and, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's always uh, busy and people's got their minds. But just, just bear with me for a moment and, and kind of focus in because these are eternal things. And these are things that, that matter and, and it'll matter. It'll make your marriage better. It'll make your, make your life better. It'll make everything about it better if you recognize who you are and where you belong. What time it is. Amen. Amen. He says, now, I want you to notice what takes place. I mean, he actually goes back to verse 6, Revelation 5, 6. It says, I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood the lambs that had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Now, remember, the breach is Brother Branham's commentary. We could say God's commentary, because Brother Branham didn't get it as a theologian. But he was given it by, uh, by God, by the Spirit of God, and influenced by the Holy Spirit, by inspiration. And so it's God's commentary on Revelation chapter 5 to bring it to where we could see it in the hour that we live in. So he says, these are the having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. He said, see seven church ages, the seven messengers that kept that fire burning. He said in verse 7, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. He said, now watch, when he done that, watch what taken place. You talk about a jubilee. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this kind of hard tonight, so you just bear with me. But you know why people are happy or they're not happy? Depends on what you're eating. I don't care how unhappy you are. If you eat good food, it changes your mood. Maybe not some of you, but for me it does. <laughs> me and Brother Danny, we, we like, when we eat good food, it changes your mood, doesn't it? You eat good barbecue or biscuits and gravy or something like that, and boy, it changes your mood. You could be just, you could get up on the wrong side of the bed. I tell you what, and you ladies, you know, some of you know this, if, if your husband's grouchy, he's been grouchy all week, he gets upset, and you get up on Saturday morning, and you fix that nice breakfast, and, and he wakes up about 9 or 10 o'clock, you know, on Saturday, because he's been working all week, and he gets up and stretches, he smells that coffee, and, and, and biscuits, and gravy, and biscuits, and all these things coming from the kitchen, well, I'm making it hard on you, aren't I? He smells this, I like to talk about food while I'm preaching, I'm sorry, but he sm- you smell that, and instantly your mood will change. Why, you're eating something good. Well, how much more could our mood change when we begin to feed on the body word of the Son of Man? We begin to feed on something that will give us strength for a rapture. Can you imagine what it must have been for the Passover? During the Passover, though it was bitter herbs, though the lamb had to be roasted with fire, but yet it was the best meal. Why? It was a meal of expectation. They were going home. They were leaving that place. Are you with me tonight? And so you we're eating in expectation. We're eating ready to go in a rapture. We're eating the information and the things that we have need of to be able to make it out of here. And boy, it just fills our hearts with joy. And so now, as these things begin to break, these revelations begin to break, 
watch, he said, watch what's taking place. You talk about a jubilee. He said, now this is exactly the breaking of them seals take place. He said, we'll get in a half hour of silence. I think I've grown a little bit since the last service. This thing don't fit me no more. He said, we'll get in the half hour of silence just after this. He said, watch this and we'll start in. We'll finish this up next Sunday night right here. Now why? Because when, when that seventh seal is open, this is the seventh seal. When the Lamb takes the book, he opens the seals. That's all of them. Right? Because then the book is open in the hands of the mighty angel, Revelation 10. So all of the seals are open at that time. They have to be. And the book is not open until the, all the seals are open. And so he tells, he said, when, when we get in that half hour of silence, watch this. He said, we'll finish this up right here. So this is the time when the lamb leaves the mercy seat, when, he, when it becomes a judgment seat, all these things happening at that time. And so you could look at the seven seals and say, well, there's a half hour of silence, but the silence is broken by sound in heaven. Think about it. There's, there's rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. I could go further into that, but I won't do it. But it's, it's, think about it. It's not so much the half hour of silence, but the breaking of the silence. The silence is broken. And all of a sudden, you hit heaven begins to rejoice. Because remember, during the half hour of silence, there's no, there's no altar service. There's no rejoicing. But now heaven begins to rejoice. Why? The seals are broke. Amen. And again, we're living during that time, but I believe the seals are open, they're identified. The only thing we don't know, Brother Branham tells us in Christ is the mystery of God revealed, the only thing we don't know is how he will come and when he will come. Those are the only things we don't know. So, because he wants us to be ready. Aren't you glad you can be ready tonight by the message of the hour? Now, so the book is open now. So this is why he says, we'll finish this up right here. He said, listen close now. Are you ready? He said, listen close. What took place when he had did this? Amen. When all creation was groaning, no one knew what to do. And John was weeping. Notice this was the condition during the church ages, during the entire time that they wondered what, what, what the plan of God was. What's he going to do? This was a condition in the Old Testament when they were weeping, wondering, where is the lamb? And then the lamb came forth. But what's he going to do? And finally at the end time, he breaks those seals. Yes. And when the revelation comes forth, when all creation was groaning, he said, John was weeping. Here come the lamb walked over. And this book was in the hands of the original owner because man had fell and lost it. Remember? And I've said it over and over, but it's just so real to me right now. It was redeemable because it was, redeemable because it was in the hands of the original owner. It was redeemable. That meant it was, it was preordained. It was in his thoughts. But man had fell and lost it. And no man was able to take it anymore to redeem the earth. No priest, pope, nothing. But the lamb come up. No Mary, no saint this or saint that. But the lamb came up, bloody, slain, and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when they seen there was a redeemer, all the souls under the altar, when the angels, when the elders, when everything seen it, when this is done. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Now he says, when this is done, now, now watch what he says, it yet lays in the future. Now watch, again, we're watching the fulfillment of it, but there's something that hasn't happened yet, because there's still mercy. Again, what is it? There's, there's a rapture coming. There's a body change coming. The last part of that seventh seal that we don't know, that's coming. Oh my, but the book is open. Oh, hallelujah. He said, tonight he's a mediator, but he's coming to this. To, look, he's coming to the fullness of this. Watch verse 8. When he had taken the book. Now watch, he takes the book to open the seals. They realized that he was worthy. The four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials. You know, they were just waiting on an opportunity to sing. <laughs> Ever think about that? It didn't say he gave them harps. They already had one. They were sitting there at the piano and the drums and the organ, if we can say it that way, waiting on an opportunity. Yeah. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. For, the, for the message to get right. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. For the word to come out and declare who he was. Amen. Sure. And when they waited for that opportunity, it had to get to a certain place so that they could begin, they could begin to rejoice. And so having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints, 
So they'd already prayed. They'd already been made ready to rejoice. Notice he said that's those that's under the altar that had prayed for long ago. He said they'd prayed for redemption, prayed for resurrection. And, and remember, Brother Branham then separates out the ones in Revelation 5 later because he does not yet know that these are Jews. But yet in the, in the fifth seal, then that revelation comes when that breaks, that these are Jews under the, under the altar. But yet there are others we could, we could say are under the altar in the Old Testament. When the lamb come out, he, he, he emptied paradise, you understand, right. yes. and brought them out. Now, and so they had prayed for that. They'd waited for that, and now they saw him. And the story Brother Branham tells about him coming out and kicking the door in of hell and then coming up and knocking on the door, and Abraham's there, and Ezekiel's there, and sees him and all of that. That's all taking place here. Now, he said, here these elders are pouring out their prayers because now we got a representative. we got a kinsman in heaven. Let's come forth to make his claims. Verse 9, they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. Oh, how many know he's worthy tonight? Amen. To open the seals thereof. When did this happen? When he took the book and opened the seals. He said, Thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Brother Branham said they wanted to come back. And here they are going back to be kings and priests. Yes. He said, glory to God, I feel good enough to speak in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. He said, yes, it seems like I ain't got enough language. I can praise him with it. He said, I need one that I don't even know. He said, and I be, notice I beheld, listen to this, I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels. Yeah. He stops, he said, listen, what a jubilee going on. When they seen that lamb come and take that book of redemption, the souls screamed out. He said, well, get it, all, everything, the elders fell down. They poured out the prayers of the saints. What? He said, there was represented a kinsman for us. Yeah, yeah. They fell upon their faces and they sang a song and said, thou art worthy for you were slain. He said, watch and look at these angels. Look at these angels. Verse 11, I beheld, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. You talk about a choir. And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, a loud voice, wasn't silent in heaven no more, saying, hey man, with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He said, what a jubilee going on in heaven when that lamb leaves that intercessory box to come here to possess his claims. He said, you know that got next to John. He must have saw his name wrote there. When them seals broke, he must have got real happy. Maybe we need to listen to him again. Maybe we need to look for our name in him again. Maybe we need to go back to the message of the hour and begin to feed on it again. And begin to recognize that when, that when those things were said, it wasn't just a man who, who made mistakes, though he did. It wasn't just a human being, though he was a human being. It wasn't just that. But in that, God hidden in simplicity, inside of that was a, was a word that would actually be the thing that would change your body back. Brother Branham said it will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that will give you rapturing faith. Yes. How many believe that tonight? Then when you see your identity with that, yes. nothing can take you back. Yes. The devil can't get you. Yes. Circumstances can't take you. Right? If you go by way of the grave, you're coming up. Because you realize Satan made his claim, but God made his claim on you. Yes. Oh, aren't you glad he did today? He made his claim. Now, he said he must have got real happy. Listen to what he said. And every creature which is in heaven... On the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Now, you, if you've listened to the tape, you know Brother Branham reads this different. Right? He turns it around. It's almost like a play on words. I've grown to appreciate this a lot more when I was a kid because I'm kind of sensitive. I, you can't hardly tell it by the way I speak, but I, I hate to see English misused and... And I've always been that way, and it almost looks like he, he, he misuses the English here. But he turns it around on purpose, I believe. And, and if you now watch what he's saying. He says, Brother Branham reads it this way. He said, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and underneath the earth, within the sea and all that is in them, 
He said, heard me. <laughs> and it says, heard I say. Heard I say, or we would say, well, that's I heard them saying. But John is every creature. Think about it. If he heard every creature, and every creature, every creature also heard him. Are you with me? If he heard every creature, he was one of every creature. <laughs> so Brother Brown was actually accurate when he says, he heard me say. Are you with me now? I never realized that till the other day. I got looking at that and I thought, I thought that was a mistake. Think about it. He heard me say. Huh? Heard me say. Why? He was one of those creatures. Right? He said, heard me, I sing. And he said, blessings, honor, glory, power be to him that sits upon the throne and to the Lamb forever. He said, amen, amen, and amen. And the four beasts said, amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that lives forever and ever. He said, talk about a jubilee. Talk about a time when that lamb walked forth. See, the book is even sealed in heaven. This just struck me today. I was rereading this, and I, it really struck me. I said, the book is sealed in heaven. What that means is when God come and handed it to his prophet, and, and he showed it to us, the angels were listening. Think about it. Here's God's prophet on the earth, a Kentucky hillbilly, with a, a little tabernacle and a few people, but the angels were listening because not a prophet but the lamb was about to break open the seals. <laughs> Show the mystery of it. Do you understand? Those seven thunders that had been uttered and could not be understood were now going to be made clear. It was a mystery in heaven. Brother Brown said the book is even sealed in heaven. The mysteries are. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, you say, is my name there? I don't know. I hope it is. But if it is, it was put on the book before the foundation of the world. Right. See, this doesn't change who's there. Are you with me now? Yes. doesn't change who's there. It doesn't change that. That was something that God chose. Ephesians 1, 4, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He said, but the first thing that represented that redemption come the lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world. And he takes that from Revelation 13, 8, where it says that, the ones who did not worship the beast was the ones whose names were written in the book of life from the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So it was already slain in his thoughts. He took the book. He said, glory. Opened the book and tore off the seals and sent it down to the earth to his seventh angel to reveal it to his people. Until that happened, heaven didn't know it. You think it's not important. You say, well, it's not important. The message is not important. You can take it or leave it. Heaven didn't know it until a Kentucky hillbilly stumbling over his words preached. Amen. Hallelujah. And when he preached the first seal and he said that white horse rider was the Antichrist, here, here's heaven. Well, that's what it was. Right? When he opened the second seal and, and told how, what that was and the third seal and the fourth seal and the fifth seal and the sixth seal and all the way down, they, 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 they recognized that's what it was. Amen. Oh, my, but there was a part where, oh, I hope, I hope you're with, us, with me now. There's a part that's reserved for us, and that's the going home. That's the going away. Brother Brandon said the seventh seal was the mystery of going. I don't want to get too deep here and, 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 and kind of shock you, but listen, we've got a part to play in that. The hidden part is the part hidden in us. Yeah. That's right. Hallelujah. That's the rapture. We're going home. Yeah. Amen. You realize the time of the rapture is written in your life? Yes. If you're one, hallelujah. Amen. Whether you're one that goes by way of the grave or one that is alive and remains, the, the time and the day and the hour of the rapture that's hidden from the world and even hidden from yourself, it'll be revealed in your life. Right? It's revealed in you. Why? Because the dead in Christ rise. That's when he comes. I'm going to have to stop. Are you with me now? This is what all heaven's been waiting on. You think it's a small thing? It may look small to the world. 
just a few people. And I challenge you, if you're somebody who says, well, we don't need no emotion, we don't need no, we don't need no happiness, well, it depends on what you're happy about. If you're happy because somebody worked you up or the music was fast, that's one thing. But are you happy over the word? Have you seen your name in the book? You're not going to stop this revival meeting in heaven because they didn't even know it. And when the lamb broke the seals, all of a sudden they knew it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He said he tore off the seals, sent it down to the earth to his seventh angel to reveal it to his people. And if you go to the tape and listen to this part, the congregation drowns Brother Branham out during this time because they're so excited. They were learning it too. Some of them didn't even get it. They were happy. (laughs) They didn't even get it. Here, Here we are years later. And maybe just coming to an understanding like we really should have of these things. And we're, we're coming to it. We're looking at these things and thinking, oh, God. And so, well, but, but it won't make us happy. It'll just, you know, we'll just settle down and, and be good later to see. And no, there's something about this message that puts a fire in your heart. Yes, something that puts a, uh, something in your bones. Like, uh, like uh, Jeremiah said, it's like a fire in my bones. I can't help but speak. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's what John had. He's, what did he do? He said, take the book and eat it up. Hallelujah. And then he said, go prophesy again. That's the hour that we're living in. That's the hour. It's, it's a bride, if we can say it this way, that speaks, that makes noise. Now, it's not, again, as we said, it's not noise without purpose, but the, the bride does make noise. The bride is not some silent, abused. Huh. She's not an abused wife. Sits back and cowers in the corner and hopes to be able to make it. Sits back in the corner and hopes she doesn't hurt her her husband. No, she's in love. Are you with me now? For too long, for too long, we've looked at this message and said, well, I can't seem to live it. I can't seem to do it. And and here's all the the legal, the law and the things that I need to do. And we look at it as if he'd come down and it'd be like a husband coming in and handing down a a list of things. And here's what you're supposed to do every day. But that's not how it works. The bride serves her her groom because she wants to. Because there's something inside of her. She loves him. Amen. That's what the message is. She's not an abused wife sitting in a corner waiting for the preacher to come by and, and tell her what the, what the groom said because she can't get it for herself. And so she sits in a corner and, and, and waits, quiet, cowers down by herself and comes by and just lets the, somehow, they be, oh my, you, you just have to let, give me a little grace tonight. But people begin to believe that the minister's job was to go by and beat the people every now and then and, and, and beat them back in the corner so they'd understand they weren't worth nothing. But oh my, the opening of the seals was not for that. The opening of the word was to reveal you in it. It was to show you you were his chosen bride. Amen. It wasn't to make you quiet. It was to give you a voice. Oh my, when a, man, when a woman marries a, a man that loves her, it doesn't make her quiet. It gives her a voice. But she doesn't speak under her own auspices anymore. But she speaks under his voice. She has his checkbook. Are you with me now? She can speak and it'll happen. Why? She's married to Christ the Word. (laughs) Hallelujah. The wedding metaphors will stop in a few weeks, I promise. (laughs) Are you with me tonight? (laughs) The congregation greatly rejoices. There you are, oh my, what happened? Brother Branham was rejoicing too. The screams, the shouts, the hallelujahs anointed the power the glory the manifestation go look at those words you can't even hear those on the tape because the people are excited and old john who had been standing there our brother crying oh my i think old john needs to hear it today (laughs) old john hopefully there's not old john here but old john needs to hear it today he said who had been standing there our brother crying why he said everything in heaven everything in the earth and everything in the sea heard me holler Amen. Blessings, honor, and might, and power be to him that lives forever and ever. Talk about a happy time when them seals broke. John must have looked in and seen past the curtain of time and said, there's John. Hallelujah. Some people aren't happy. They've just never seen their name in it. I don't say that you'll always be happy. There'll be times you'll be sad. But you're not going to be sad about this. Amen. You can always be happy in who you are. 
and you're going home. Brother Branham said he was so happy till he said everything in heaven. He must have really cried out, didn't he? Everything in heaven, everything in the earth, everything beneath the earth, every creature, everything else heard me saying, amen, blessings and glory and wisdom and power and might and riches belongs to him. He said, why, when the revelation come, that the Lamb, the Redeemer, our kinsman, what was he happy about? The revelation came, had come back from the throne of mediatorial and had walked out here to take his possession. Years before this, Brother Branham told a story. He said of two farmers, they had two, two calves. One of them, he'd, he, would, he did, wasn't given nothing to eat, and, and he wasn't fed very well, and he was just wandering around. He was just uh, skin and bones. He said, but there was another farmer that kept up his calf and fed it the best food he could find. He said, when he let that calf out, he just rejoiced and run and jumped like a calf wheel all over the place. He said, why? What? He'd been feeding him something good. And that's where we're at today. Amen. This is the bride's revival. Why, when the revelation come that the Lamb, the Redeemer, our kinsman, had come back from the throne of Mediatorial and had walked out here to take his possession, that's when, that's why the people were happy. I hope it makes us happy tonight. Joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Now, you can go back in history, and I'll I'll read a few scriptures tonight, but if you just bear with me a few more moments. As as we close this chapter now, what, what should we be like? Where should we be? We've heard the breach, and we know what the opening of the seals is and the opening of the word. Every revival comes with loud praises. Because there's been a famine, all of a sudden there's food to eat. In Deuteronomy, of course, it being the law, they had to command the people. But in Deuteronomy 27, 14, it says, The Levites shall speak. You know, the Levites were the preachers in that day. The priests. The Levites shall speak. And say the Levites will just read Moses' words, or, or if they had tape recorders, record his words, but the Levites shall speak. Hey, man, aren't you glad you have a voice tonight? Yes. And say unto all the men of Israel with, so I get to, if I sound like I'm yelling at you sometimes, I get a little bit of grace. With a loud voice. Yes, amen. Amen. And it goes on to say what they would say, and it says, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. That's the law, so it made them do it. Look at Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 8, and verse 54, it says it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying, all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees, with his hands spread up to heaven, yeah. and he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice. And he said, Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto this, his people Israel, According to all that he promised, I believe we can bless God this way today. There has not failed one word, hallelujah, of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. I believe I can stand up and lift my hands to heaven today and declare with a loud voice that there has not failed one word. Hallelujah, there's not one word of the scripture that's failed. There's not one word of the promises of God for this day that have failed. Not one word. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. Amen. This happened every time there was a revival in Asa's revival. King Asa in 2 Chronicles 15 and 14. It says they swear unto the Lord or they made a promise to the Lord with a loud voice. And was shouting with trumpets, with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him. Listen, with their whole desire. Now look. You know, sometimes, many times, God speaks in a still, small voice. And yet, what he speaks with a still, small voice can actually be, can actually be, when when we get what it is, when we understand what it is, we can return, we we can acknowledge it many times in a loud voice. Right. Right? So we're not, it's not that God has to speak in a loud voice. He doesn't. He proved that with the prophet Elijah. He spoke in a still, small voice. But many times it's the response, right, that becomes a loud voice. You don't find Jesus out there shouting and crying, Hosanna. He may have shouted, but you don't find him in the scriptures shouting and crying, Hosanna, to him that comes in the highest. But you find the people crying with a loud voice. And Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn notice with all their heart. And this is the important part because 
When it comes to this time, you know, you could get caught up in an emotional revival and shout. You could get caught up in an emotional revival and speak in tongues and do all of those things. But that's not what this is. Yes, These people were shouting, were speaking with a loud voice. Why? Because they had put their whole heart into it. That's what I want to see. Oh, God, help me today to put my whole heart into it. They saw him with their whole desire. And when you seek something with your whole desire, it tends to come out. It tends to change the way you do and the way you act. Listen, the the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It'll change the way you look and the way you act and the way you do things. Why? Because there's something in your heart. Not everybody's going to shout. Not everybody's going to speak in tongues. But it'll do something to you if you put your whole heart into it. But if you shout at the ball game and not at church, there's a problem. Why your heart's in the ball game and not at church. It's true. Look, he was sought with their whole desire and he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest. So that's the hour we live in. And Nehemiah's revival, excuse me tonight, I'm getting a little bit tired, but you just bear with me. I know you're tired as well. He said they stood up on the stairs and he names all these Levites. I won't try to give you their names, but these are preachers, priests. And they cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. He said, well, Brother Ben, that's all in the Old Testament. Okay, we'll take the New Testament. Ten lepers in Luke chapter 17 and verse 15. Remember, I told you about this recently. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, amen, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. In Jesus' triumphant entry, as we just mentioned here, when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God. I don't even have to say it anymore, do I? With a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. It's not a competition, but it's something that comes from the heart. Right? Paul, in in Paul's time, there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb and never had walked. And the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Sometimes God speaks through his, through his ministry with a loud voice. And again, that's not how you judge whether it's true or not. Because Satan can speak with a loud voice. Oh, my. The same people who come down and said, uh, who come and said, blessed be the uh, one who comes in the name of the highest, are the same ones said, crucify him. But the Randall said it was some of the same people who said that later. Why? Because they cried out, and they cried out with a, with a loud voice both times. But what's the message of the voice? Now watch. But, but it will be, it will sometimes elicit a loud voice and sometimes require a loud voice. Revelation 5, 2, you say, well, this message didn't come that way. I beg your pardon. Go listen to some tapes. Revelation 5, 2, I saw a strong angel. We, we, we looked at this, proclaiming not with a whisper, with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the book? We heard that in our day. Revelation 5.12, we just read. It said that those that were gathered around the throne saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. Oh, that's what I want to do tonight. I may not have as loud a voice as someone else, but let me say it with all of my heart. With everything that I've got, let me put my heart into it. Worthy is the Lamb. Can you do that tonight? Worthy is the Lamb. I may be going through all kinds of trials. I may have all kinds of of trouble in my life. I I may be naturally a quiet person, but yet I can speak up and I can say, Lord, I believe you're worthy. I believe you're worthy. I believe that you've taken the book and opened the seals and I see my name there. When Satan is defeated in Revelation 12.10, it says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Let me tell you, when I see Satan cast into that fiery pit, I'm going to cry out with a loud voice. Hallelujah. The one who brought me down so many times, the one who tempted me so many times, the one who gave me so much trouble all of my 36 years, that same one, amen, has been cast down and we're going to cry out with a loud voice. Now has come salvation. Hallelujah. The accuser is gone. Amen. There's a reason to shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he speaks, the bride rejoices. 
close with this. Brother Branham said, I was preaching one time. There was a boy that belonged to the First Baptist Church. He said, when I was in Missionary Baptist, and if you've ever been around the Baptist people, the Missionary Baptists were a very emotional group, and the First Baptists were not. The Southern Baptists. He said, and I was preaching. He said, there was some sister, some sister really enjoying it, and she got to crying and shouting. And he was quite a ball player. And Brother Ram drops that in because in other places he tells a story about how this guy liked to shout at ball games. He said, he was quite a ball player, and he met me a few days after that. He said, I come up to hear you last night, Billy, but said I couldn't do it for all them people saying amen. And I thought of this when I listened to the tape today. And I heard, and I heard the people as Brother Branham is preaching about the opening of the book. And, and the people drown him out during that time. And that's what he said. He said, I couldn't hear. He said, I come to hear you, but I couldn't hear you because all the people saying amen. I said, oh. And said, that woman sitting over there crying. said, that just got on my nerves so bad. I said, oh, it shouldn't do that. I said, I don't think. He said, well, I can't imagine heaven being like that. I said, I sure can. He said, well, that just made shivers run up on my back. I said, if you ever got to heaven, you'd freeze to death. If you heard that noisy group up there. Now, how do you know they're noisy? Because when the book came open. Right? Everything in the heavens, everything in the earth, everything and everything heard John, and John heard everything, crying blessings and glory and honor. Amen. Have you ever seen that, that loud voice up there, that noisy group up there? Amen. He said, this is the quietest place you'll ever live. I'll tell you that because if you go to hell, there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. He said, well, God just wants quiet. If he'd have wanted just quiet, he'd have never made Eve. <laughs> it took some of y'all a minute, didn't it? He brought Eve out of the side of Adam because he wanted a little noise. Amen. Adam was all right walking around, nodding, you know, and calling the animals and all that he did. Adam was okay, but God wanted something that would reveal a little more on that feminine side. Oh, my, don't you realize that's who the bride is? Would reveal a little more of that passion. Would reveal a little more of that. And he wanted somebody who could praise him because they had been redeemed. And in order to do that, he had to produce, he had to have an Eve so that Eve would fall so that he could redeem her back. So that at the end time, he would have a bride who would not fall. Amen. But a bride who had been redeemed. Hallelujah. A bride who could say, worthy is the lamb who's opened the book and broke the seals off of it. What, what, who is that? That's you and I. He wasn't content with being alone and it being quiet. He wanted to hear some voices. So he created angels. And he created men. And finally, he created a woman. He created a bride to make noise. It may not be a loud, so much a loud shout sometimes. Maybe it's just a whisper, and that's all you can get out. Because your heart is hurt. You're going, but you say, worthy is the Lamb. You're going through the hardest time of your life. You're going through, th through the things that no one would think that you'd even be able to take, but you feel the peace of God coming into your heart, and you know that he's holding you. Amen. Is he holding you tonight? You know he's holding you in spite of your troubles, in spite of your circumstances, and you just say to him, worthy. Worthy is the lamb. And the tears come down your face. Worthy is the lamb. I'm going through it, but worthy is the lamb. Amen. I see my name there. I see my identification there. No matter what I'm going through. Oh my, that's, that's music to his ears. He said, I created her for that. Let <laughs> me tell you something. I've told you several times, I think, I'm going to embarrass my wife again. I've told you several times my wife likes to talk while I'm driving. And I just kind of come in and out. But you know when I'm by myself? And I don't, I'm, I've never been by myself much. A couple times going overseas by myself, I almost went crazy. I'm not kidding about that. We're talking because we were never apart. And we've been apart other than that maybe two or three nights in our whole marriage. We've just never been apart. And so even driving a little ways, I'll go to Jonesboro, and I may not hear everything she says, but I miss her voice. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? I miss her voice. He does hear everything you say. And he misses your voice when you don't talk. 
He misses your voice when you don't speak. He hears you. He's God Almighty. He can hear each and every voice. He misses that when it's not there. Hallelujah. Listen, he said, if you go to heaven, amen, I don't even know where I'm at. If you go to heaven, why even the angels don't stop day and night screaming, holy, holy, holy. This is the Lord God Almighty. Why such hallelujahs and amens and praise the Lord? Well, you never heard such. Do you hear that meeting up there? Amen. Amen. Well, why did you title this what you did? Well, because Brother Branham preached a message called Shalom, and I won't go into it. But I remember in the 80s, actually, I don't even think I was born yet. I think it was 1980, maybe 1984, in one of those elections. I think it was 1984 because it was when, when Ronald Reagan was being reelected. And I went back one time, watched the story of it. He had, he'd put out advertisements that said, Morning in America. Morning in America. I don't know if any of you remember it, but it was a real sunny ad, real bright. And the first four years of Ronald Reagan's presidency weren't that great. There was a lot of inflation. There was lot, they were battling a lot of things, but things had started to turn around. And he, put, he had a calm, reassuring voice, and he said, he said, It's morning in America. Oh, my. And I got to thinking about that. You know, mornings are peaceful, bird, but, but there's noise. Think about it. But it's peaceful. Everything's where it should be. There's noise, but it's the right kind. Birds are chirping. Everything's stirring, but there's peace and harmony. It's morning in America conveyed to the people that Ronald Reagan wanted to vote for him that there was somebody in control. Amen. The boss was here. Brother Brandon would put it this way. There's a man here who can turn on the light. Amen. Amen. What did we find out when he told us the book was open? The lamb had the book in his hand. It wasn't in the hand of the original owner anymore. It was in the hands of the lamb. The logos that come out of God. The, 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 the son of God, which was God in flesh. Here he, he, he had the book in his hands. What does that mean? It's morning. It's morning it's not morning in America right now, but it's morning for the bride. And a prophet come right before he died, and he preached in 1964, I believe it was, on New Year's, he preached shalom, peace. He said morning, good morning means peace. Peace to the bride. It's morning. What does the breach declare? It declares it's morning time. Weeping endured for the night of denominationalism, but now is the time to be happy. You may not find much happiness in anything else, but weeping when it comes to this is over. The Lamb has taken the book. Open the seals. The silence has been broken. Now it's time to speak up. It's time for the bride to come and begin to do what she was destined to do. Amen. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Don't you love him tonight? Amen. Let's just stand together. Musicians, come. Maybe we could sing Come and Dine. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Amen. You believe you're dining on the word of God. Could you just lift your hands to him for a minute and just worship him? Lord, we believe that you're worthy. We don't need a lot of things to, 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 to make us all pumped up, but oh God, this word does something to us. We know that you're worthy, oh Lord. Worthy is the lamb that has given us this table, this feast. We can come and feast on the word of God. And we can know that these things are true and these things are right. We love you, O oh Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. When we go through trials, when we have tribulation in life, we can still lift our hands and say, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Do you love him tonight? Amen. Just give him a hand of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. Oh, he invites his chosen people to come and die. He chose you. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, and supplies our every need. Oh, this sweet is up with Jesus all the time. Oh, come and die. Hallelujah. That's what he's calling you to today. Oh, yes. All the time, oh Jesus, pay multitude, turn the water into wine. To the hungry, call it now, come and dine, amen. Oh, the disciples.
Those came to land, they're obeying Christ's command. For the master called to them, come and dine. They heard a voice, amen. Oh, there they found their hearts desire. Oh, bread and fish upon the fire. Oh, thus he satisfied the hungry every time, amen. Oh, come and dine, the master calleth, hallelujah. Oh, you may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Oh, he who fed the multitude, he can feed you tonight. Water into wine to the hungry. Call it now, come and dine. I like this verse. Oh, soon the lamb will take his pride to be ever at his side. Aren't you looking forward to it? Host of heaven will assemble be. Amen. Oh, twill be a glorious sight. Oh, all the saints in spotless white. And with Jesus they will feast eternally. Amen. Sing with all your heart now. Come and dine. The master call is come and dine. Oh, you may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Oh, he who fed the multitude with the water into wine to the hungry. Call is now. Come and dine. Sing that chorus again. Oh, come and dine. Master calleth, come and dine. Oh, you may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Oh, he who fed the multitude, he turned the water into wine to the hungry. Calleth now, come and dine. Sing it again with all your heart, come and dine. Master calleth, come and dine. You may Sing 
is. Yes, he is. Would you give the Lord a hand of praise tonight? Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord, for the open book? Amen. Let's sing that song, Joy Unspeakable, just before we go. Amen. Have you been blessed by the word tonight? Amen. You found that joy in your heart? Sing it out now. I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. Oh, while I sit and learn at Jesus' feet. Oh, I am free. Yes, free indeed. Cause it is joy unspeakable and It is joy and peace within. Oh, what a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful gone. I'll sing it out with all your hearts now. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and full. Singing all I want to do is love. 
so glad I feel his love for me and Jesus paid the price of redemption on the cross of Calvary 